morning guys it's been a while since i actually read a book so i'm easing back into it trying to get some more content in the pipeline but oh it's been an uphill struggle which is why it was a delight to come across a book that i just couldn't stop reading and i honestly wasn't sure if i was having a good time but i want to talk about it because it's intriguing I i've never felt this way about a book before so we're going to talk about it this is night witches by lj adlington um, I think I picked this one up in a charity shop based on its overall condition. Um, but I was very confused about it because the girl on the front cover, which you will have seen if you follow my author Instagram, plug, 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 uh, is wearing like a, a pilot helmet and there's feathers and crows everywhere. And it, it seems to be about pilots from the outset. So that was a little bit of a weird thing for me. And the blurb is this. No such thing as witches. Not here in Redina, where being superstitious is punishable by death. Me, I was doing okay, keeping my head down, fitting in with everyone else at school. Then came the faith-crazy crux, invading our nation. Now I'm up in the skies as a bomber pilot, fighting to survive the war, fighting this urge to fall madly in love, fighting to hide a growing sense that I'm different, darker, dangerous. Who can I trust? Who can I tell? And what will happen if I defy all laws and logic to break free and be me? Uh, it's not my favourite kind of blurb, to be honest. I prefer a blurb that like tells me more about the story, like first-person blurbs. I don't know why, I just don't like them. So I think that's what put me off reading it. Every time I picked this one up off the shelf, I was like, eh, it, it seems a little like YA, a little bit romancy for me. I'll pop that back and pick something else up. And I shouldn't have listened to those instincts because although this is a YA novel, it is very good and it reminded me of like a lot of different things. You've got a bit of like the Hunger Games in there. It kind of reminded me of the Maze Runner series, specifically, I think, uh, the third one where they're in like the cities um, and like the urban environments. Uh, and also kind of a little bit of Little Nightmares, the video game. Um, just in a way that it seems like this is our world, but there's something wrong and corrupted about it. Uh, and also in the sense that it takes someone who you kind of view as this like underdog or very vulnerable and completely switches the playbook around on you and gives them a huge amount of power. So I'm going to try and talk you through a little bit of the setup here because the, the blurb doesn't really cover it. Apologies if it gets a little bit spoilery. So our main character is a girl called Rain and she lives in Rodina. Specifically, I think she lives in like Sea Fields or something like that. It's Sea something. We're off to a good start because I can't remember. But she lives in a world which is very different to ours but also kind of similar. Um, and there's a lot of terminology that gets thrown at you in the novel and none of it is ever really explained you just have to kind of work it out from context and the context is there so it wasn't as annoying as some other books where it's just like new made up word new made up word and you're like but what does any of this mean um but it did give me a little bit of that uh clockwork orange feeling of just like can someone just start speaking english please because i i need a break but basically their world is entirely based on technology it's kind of clean and non-organic everything is made of stuff called bio weave which is like kind of 3d printed into shapes uh, for like clothing and buildings and everything and everyone is connected to something called aura which seems to be like a big artificial intelligence kind of thing which they can send messages through and which also gives them like orders like tells them what they should be doing and it runs predictions as to like 
the outcomes of things. It basically oversees their lives in a way that I guess a government kind of would. And I wasn't clear on how this worked because I wasn't sure if they were like hearing the voices of the messages or if they like saw them come up in kind of like a Google Glasses way. It's very much kind of left up to your interpretation. But they connect with this and sometimes they say, are you completely disconnected as if it's like an insult? And you have to like connect to Aura, which is like, I guess, kind of finding Wi-Fi to get information, orders and updates. Uh, and you use a keypad as well to enter like messages. And so this is the world that Rain lives in, and superstition is very much frowned upon. If you are superstitious, if you have old nation objects, you can be taken away and imprisoned or killed. The old nation objects are all sort of things that ward off witches. There are witch bells uh, made of bane metal. Don't know what that is. Maybe iron. Not sure. Uh, and these complicated knotted charms as well. Or even talking about witches. Uh, every time someone mentions witches in the book, uh, at least towards the beginning, every character's response is to say there's no such thing as witches. As if they're kind of convincing themselves, as if it's this sort of two-part greeting that they're meant to say um, to avoid getting in trouble. Uh, so everything's going fine in Rodina. Everything's going on as normal. That's something else they say. They're just like, if someone asks if they're okay, they're like, I'm normal. It's very normal to, to be like, it's okay. But there's an outside force, and those are the Crux. And from what I can see, the Crux are very less technologically advanced. They make things out of wood, and wood is not normal. Uh, and they also believe in God. They go to the old God houses, uh, which are like churches with stained glass windows, and they look at pictures of saints, which is spelt with a Y instead of an I. Like, they've kind of forgotten what that word even means. Uh, and they worship the sun and various other things. The sun is kind of important because everyone who, like, stops being a teenager and becomes an adult loses their night vision. So no one can see in the dark, they go completely blind at night, and so a lot of Rodina is covered in artificial lights. It's, it's never dark there, because then people wouldn't be able to see. So it's very confusing, this, this all-out war starts between the Crux, who want to take over Rodina and convert everybody to their religion, and the nation of Aura, which... They're constantly being told, we're winning, we're going to win this war, we're only a couple of days away from victory, and things keep getting worse. And out of this, Rain becomes a Night Witch, uh, which is based in history. There were like Soviet-era pirates, pirates? Pilots, who were women, and they flew in these tiny little aircraft that couldn't be picked up or on any kind of uh, sensing equipment, and they used to fly in and do bombing raids during World War II. And that's apparently where the inspiration for this came from. Because between the Crux and Rodina, there's this place called the Morass, which is overtaken by vegetation. And plants and things seem to really upset people in Rodina. They develop chemicals to like throw on them to stop them growing because they like grow out of the bioweave and they're not normal and they can't be controlled. But also in that area, their technology doesn't really work. Bioweave starts to fall apart, and so their planes can't really go over there. So they reinvent the biplane, essentially, out of wood and canvas and stuff. And they get a load of children, because children can see in the dark, to fly bombing raids over the crux. And that becomes Rain's job. She, she becomes the pilot. And you might be wondering, is that the only witchy content? 
just the fact that they're called night witches. Well, no, because there's a huge amount of witchy stuff, although it is mostly in the latter half of the book. And I don't want to give too much of it away. So I guess if you're in, if you're interested in this premise, go and read the book now. And I'm going to try and not spoil huge amounts of stuff, but also some stuff is probably going to get spoiled. So Rain, in the opening chapters of the book, crashes her test plane and ends up in the morass with her cousin. And they meet a guy who's a scrutineer, who's basically like secret thought police, I guess. Uh, and he's out there hunting witches and they meet some crux people and she sees the morass for the first time and all of this stuff. But weird things start to happen following this. She begins to hear voices in her head telling her to do things. Every time she touches someone's bare skin, she sees a vision of their death. When she looks into pools of still water, she sees visions of just the future. Not generally death, but just snapshots of the future. And these weird things keep happening to Rain, and it kind of infuriated me that she didn't twig what was going on. Like, at, at various points, she's flat out told, witches can't cross running water. And then she's like, why do I feel sick at the thought of going over this river? And it takes her so long to be like, fuck it, I might be a witch. Because it turns out that these witches who Aura has spent so long convincing people they don't exist actually do exist. And it's all like lies and propaganda to just like convince everyone that they're not real. Although witches aren't really like the same as I've seen in any other kind of media. So it's, it's a very original concept. So to put a ticking clock on Rain's you know, service in the war and her trying to work out what she is. There's an eclipse coming. It's called the Long Night and it goes on for days, which obviously is bad because no one or hardly anyone is going to be able to see for days. And this doesn't seem to happen on Earth because they keep calling like the different planets different things. And also when there's this eclipse that lasts for days, frost happens and everything gets really cold. It's just not a good time for anybody. So a lot of bad stuff is sort of hinted at happening on Long Night. It's meant to be when the witches come out, when they come and get people, because it's dark and everyone's helpless and they come out of the forest and they steal your babies and drink your blood, etc, etc. So Rain is trying to work out who and what she is. She's also... I'm not going to say caught in a love triangle, because it's not really a love triangle. It's kind of a fake-out love triangle. But basically, there's this crux guy who's a hostage who, like, declares his undying adoration for her. And also the scrutineer she first meets. And that's sort of made out to be a love triangle. To be honest, the love story was not convincing. I didn't really believe that she developed these feelings for this guy, because they didn't spend a huge amount of time together. And their exchanges weren't really that meaningful to me, so... I didn't buy that, but the rest of the story I found really gripping. Because I wanted to see what powers witches had in this world. I wanted to find out what these secrets were that were being kept by Aura. What the implications of these two different societies meeting were. And it was a really interesting bit of world building that really got to me. Even though the writing style occasionally made things very difficult to understand. Because it's one of those writing styles where... It as soon as something starts happening, it gets real poetic and you're not entirely sure what is physically going on, which which can irritate me a little bit. I've managed to hang on in there 
but between like all the made up words and terms for things and then it getting quite abstract in places I was left feeling a little bit disconnected pun intended from the protagonist and her life she felt very alien and distant to me which I feel like that was intentional because what she is is very alien and distant but at the same time it made it hard to stay with her during the novel which also had a bad case of the passive protagonist because I felt like a lot of stuff just happened to her and she didn't make a lot of decisions for herself uh, especially in like the opening parts of the novel in the latter half she does make a couple of choices but a lot of stuff just happens like explosions and storms and attacks it feels like the plot is moving around her and she's just getting kind of sucked along for the ride one thing i found really interesting about the book is something to do with like how it's presented like on the page the opening chapter titles have a couple of like black tendrils creeping off them that you like barely notice they just look like serifs on the font and yet by the end of the book the chapter headings are crawling with these like black veins so much so that you can't even really read the chapter titles like you can even see it from like the side looking at the pages that they're sort of dappled with black towards the back of the book and i found this really interesting because it, it brings again this idea of like this creeping corruption something growing and and getting hold of everything which i think is a really interesting design idea um and it mirrors some of the art on the cover and i love when books do things like that weirdly reminded me of animorphs you know when you like flick the pages and the little person turns into an animal that whole thing but you know on a slightly more artsy level uh, so i really enjoyed that there were a couple of like errors uh, like missing words that really tripped me up which when you're already having trouble with the writing style of something you, you really don't want that to happen but for the most part i, I did manage to keep you know a, a fair hand on what was going on although there were moments where i found myself rereading whole pages because i was like i have no idea what's happening so i struggled a little bit with that but the story was so intriguing that i genuinely wanted to finish it i wanted to know what was happening and the ending really did it justice although it kind of relied a little bit on that love story which i didn't really buy there was enough interesting stuff going on i didn't really care about that and what i found so interesting about it was that it reminded me of these like baba yaga stories this ho the whole book really had this sense of taking place in like a different country like at times i thought maybe this was meant to be in our reality in our world and it was maybe somewhere like central european maybe like russia and then the more they talked about different planets i was like maybe this is on a different world but the fact that it seemed so different um to me i think there's a real credit to the author because there's things like other ya novels that are meant to take place in like different worlds where you feel like this is just america you're calling it something different it it feels very much like everything else whereas the world in this didn't completely feel to me like our world like anywhere that i'd been it felt very different but also similar enough that i didn't become lost in it and didn't identify with it so i think that's a really tricky thing to do and obviously the, the folklore of the witches as well it's drawing on folklore which is kind of similar to the oh is it laura powell i just reviewed these the Witchfire burn mark books because it has that whole thing about like the bells and the running water and the iron but it's slightly different to that again and it just it's it's very different and all the cultures in the book like you've got the the people 
of Rodina, you've got the people of like the Crux Nation, and also the Lim people who were kind of poorly defined. I had no idea who they were meant to be or where they lived, but I assumed somewhere in the morass, this sort of like other nation. But they all feel very different and they all have their own different like customs, their own different way of speaking. It's really detailed and I think somewhere this author has like a massive notebook full of stuff that she knows about this world that didn't make it into the novel, but, but because she knows it, it helps to inform the writing style and make it that deep and detailed and interesting. So without, you know, giving me a treatise on the history of the Lim people, she's able to like build up this amazing background, which I really enjoyed. Um, so it was a very strange book, never read anything like it before. I say it kind of reminds me of The Hunger Games because it's got those like districts, those like stark changes between the technological and, and the less technological, the, the very controlling totalitarian nature of it. It reminds me of like some of the Maze Runner books because of there's this idea of a city slowly being overtaken by uh, a much less technologically advanced group, although in that case it's basically bloodthirsty zombie people. It reminds me a lot of those things, but I think it transcends that whole like genre of like dystopian fiction and weaves in fantasy in a way that's really intriguing. So I heartily recommend this book. I'm ashamed it took me this long to read it. I wish I'd read it sooner. Uh, and I will definitely be keeping out like an eye for more from this author, LJ Adlington, because this was very interesting. So I encourage you to, to give it a read. In the meantime, if you have other books you'd like to recommend, do drop them into the comment section on YouTube, email them to me, you can tweet them to me at witchfix, or you can DM them to me on Instagram or message me on Instagram, witchfixpodcast. Don't forget that you can also buy my book Stranded, just check the description for links. It's only 99p, guys, and you can support the podcast and get an amazing book. And in the meantime, I'll see you in the next one. Bye!